0: Welcome back to the Fulfilled Accountant Podcast, where we talk about everything about your life in accounting and finance, except the actual accounting and finance. Recently, I've been covering several aspects of setting goals, planning for the next year, and setting yourself up for the future that you want for your firm and yourself. I've shared several strategies and actions you can take to set yourself and your business up to achieve the success you want next year. If you missed some of these episodes, be sure to check out episode 110, where I talked about how to set yourself up to be in a different place by the end of next year, instead of continuing to suffer with the same problems every day, all year. In episode 111, I walked you through four specific steps to take now to grow your firm next year. And in episode 113, I talked about setting goals with specific objective metrics to powerfully guide your decisions throughout the year. As well as bring up your drama in advance so you can deal with it before emotions and stress get high. However, even the most well thought out strategies and plans can fail if you don't also look into your mindset as you create and execute your plan. And that's what I'm focusing on today. The mindset that goes along with your strategy. For example, have you ever read a great business strategy book, hired a consultant, created a plan based on what you learned, and then things seem to kind of just fall flat and go nowhere, you probably wondered what went wrong. Did you do something wrong? Did you miss something? What was wrong with the strategy? And if you're like a lot of business owners, you probably also blamed yourself or your team, the economy, and maybe you even concluded that you just weren't meant to achieve that goal or that it's not possible in your industry, your region, or even just for you and your team. The worst part is, If you did all that, you probably also felt a lot of shame or embarrassment that your plan didn't come to fruition. You beat yourself up, you told yourself you're a failure, and you just kind of shied away from trying things, and you didn't give yourself a chance to learn anything from it or try again. And I'm here to tell you that none of that is a reflection on your intelligence or your abilities as a business owner, visionary leader, or human. It's actually very normal. This is what most of us go through when we try something and it doesn't work out. And although it's convenient to blame things outside of us, it likely had little to do with your industry, your team, or the economy. All of those are factors to consider, of course, in evaluating things. But the most likely explanation for where things fell short is that your strategy neglected to address your mindset. Or rather, you try to just force a strategy onto your business without questioning what's going on in your brain and how that impacts you personally, professionally, all the things. And this is actually really, really normal. And it's why I approach my work the way that I do. Your brain and your emotions are often not as on board the way that you expect them to be or hope they will be with the plan that you set. And I know this because not only do I experience it myself all the time, but I help my clients through it constantly. Follow through and execution are some of the hardest things to do when you're shooting for big changes. Usually it's not because the actual work is hard, It's because your brain has its own hesitations, fears, and beliefs that get in the way. And when you don't notice them, aren't aware of them, and you don't do anything about it, of course your plan is not going to work, or at least not all the way. Or maybe it works, but you're so tired and miserable at the end that you're like, oh, I can't do this again. So that's why we're talking about this today. This happens to all of us. Your unmanaged brain comes along for the ride doesn't get the nurturing and understanding that supports the actions you need to take to see things all the way through, and then things don't work out the way you had hoped. That's really what mindset is all about. Understanding how your brain plays a huge role in what you actually do. If you think of mindset as just a collection of thoughts, that makes it a lot simpler to deal with. It's not like, oh, I've got to completely overhaul my mindset and change everything. It's really like, let me just get clear on what is it is that I think and why I think that, and does it serve me? Here's a simplistic version of how it works. You have thoughts. Those thoughts come from your brain, often your primitive brain and often on autopilot. You don't even know why they're happening. Some of them aren't even things that you even believe anymore, but you have thoughts wherever they come from. Those thoughts create feelings in your body, also called emotions, and those feelings drive whatever action you take or don't take. Like if you're avoiding something or procrastinating, that's an action too. And those actions or non-actions create results. It really is that basic. The thing is, most of us aren't really aware that this is happening in the moment. Even when we know that this is how it works, we still aren't really that aware of it. And that's why all of us benefit from coaching because it's someone outside of us noticing these things about us, helping us work through it, calling us out on it. And just slowing us down so we can notice these things and deal with it. And the reason we don't notice it is because our brains work so well. Our brain is really good at doing these things of thinking and feeling and then driving the action and getting your result. Like it just happens automatically. You've been practicing it for so long that it really just feels completely automatic. Like, hmm, this is just how it is. And I probably can't change things. But actually you can. You can change by taking the time to get clear on what you're thinking, how you're thinking, and how it's impacting what you do. One of the biggest fears a lot of my clients express before working with me is that it's going to be difficult or uncomfortable to make the changes that they want or that they simply won't even show up and do it. They'll have these conversations, they'll learn some new strategies, and then they won't do anything differently. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you make a plan or you read a book and you get this great strategy, but then nothing changes. That's why I do things differently. We go past the strategy and we look at why aren't you taking action or why are you doing these actions that don't align with what you said you were going to do? And you know what I tell my clients that are afraid of not taking action or that it's going to be difficult? I tell them it's only as difficult as you decide it is. And difficult doesn't even have to be a problem. Like why is difficult a problem? Think of something you've done that was difficult. The fact that you did it and made it to the other side probably feels pretty darn good. If it hadn't been difficult, would you have bothered and would you enjoy the result as much? Did it feel terrible doing the hard thing? Because honestly, a lot of us have fun while we do hard things. We enjoy that challenge. And I'm guessing if you were in the accounting and finance industry in some form, you probably do enjoy things that other people find really hard. You like something that feels hard, but it really just depends on which hard thing we're talking about, right? Most things that we describe as being hard are actually things that just have an emotional charge to them. Like, I'm going to feel terrible doing this. I don't understand the process. I don't know if I can succeed. That's the kind of hard that tends to shut us down. So what exactly does this have to do with you following through on a plan or strategy? Pretty much everything. When you make a plan or devise a strategy, whether it's one that you made or one that someone made for you, you have thoughts about that plan. And you have thoughts about yourself, your abilities, the industry, the right way to follow through with the plan, about looking smart or dumb, and even about the other people involved, which includes your employees, your boss, your client, your colleagues, and even your family, and even random people on the internet, actually, or at the grocery store. The things going through our minds are insane sometimes when you really look at it. Now, with this plan, you have an idea of what success looks like, as well as what it will mean if you don't succeed according to the plan. You also have thoughts about what it will take to implement the plan, both right now as you look at the plan in advance and in the moment as you go through implementing each step. Some people get hung up at the beginning, like, oh, this plan is just too big. It's too daunting. There's so much involved. I don't even know where to start. The solution there could be breaking that plan into more simple steps that feel digestible. And that's some of what I talked about in some of the other episodes that I referenced earlier. You might find some answers in there. But I think what actually gets a lot of us is that implementing in the steps. Sometimes the hardest part really is sticking to a plan in the daily things. For example, let's say your plan includes you disengaging 10% of your clients next quarter. That means you're going to have to have what are likely uncomfortable conversations with several people that you probably kind of like, people that you've worked with for several years. And that feels uncomfortable for most people. And what happens is a lot of people let that discomfort rule what they do. So they procrastinate and they put it off and they're like, "Eh, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. I'll do it later. I don't have to do it yet. I still have time. And then all of a sudden you're up against whatever deadline that client was going to hire you for. And so you just go through and you're like, I guess I have to work with them now this year because I can't just leave them hanging. And I don't know what they're going to do if I drop them now. Those kinds of thoughts, right? I promise this goes through everyone's mind when they want to do this stuff because it feels uncomfortable. The mindset solution to this would look like identifying all the reasons you don't want to take the action versus the reasons that you do, and then developing a strategy to follow through and overcome those mindset obstacles. The non-mindset approach would be, we're just going to power through and force ourselves to do this, and it doesn't matter if we're a jerk or what people think, and like you just kind of try to willpower yourself through it. And for most of us, that's really hard and probably impossible. We might get through one call and then we have all the thoughts that flood in afterward. Like, oh my God, that was awful. They hate me now. I can't do it again. I don't want to do it. And so we go spiral through again and continue to procrastinate the rest of the clients. If you use the mindset approach, what you do is you identify those beliefs that are challenging you and you find new ones. You may not believe those, but what you do is you start trying them on you practice them. You look for beliefs, thoughts and feelings that can help you feel confident both starting and finishing those conversations. Cuz I bet you a lot of times you might actually start the conversation, you get off the phone and you're like, "How did that how did that happen? They're still clients and I didn't raise the fee. Now what am I doing?" Very common. Like you're not alone here, okay? So, thoughts that might be useful are things like Sending letters and talking with five clients this week to either raise their fee 50% or disengage them is in the best interest for those five clients because I don't actually know that much about their business and I tend to address their needs when I'm tired and grumpy. Meaning when I'm working with them, I'm actually kind of resenting them most of the time and I'm not really doing a good job for them and it just is really awful for everybody involved. And if I drop these clients, it will serve my team. And me, and let us work at our highest level of service to our best clients because it frees up our time and our mental energy to work on the clients that are our sweet spot. You may have completely different thoughts that serve you. These are things that I think can be useful or at least get the juices flowing so you can think about what would be a good way to help you get through this. The point here is that when you have a strategy and that strategy requires you to change your behaviors, take actions in new ways, and do things differently like outside of your comfort zone, your brain's natural reaction is to say no. It's actually a natural defense mechanism. Your brain sees almost all change, even positive and logically desired change, as dangerous. Like you could die if you change your habits. What we do right now keeps us alive and safe, even if we don't really enjoy it and we're barely surviving. That is why you can logically see that the strategy of culling your bottom 10 or 20% of clients, you know, the ones that don't really fit your expertise, take more time than average, are generally unpleasant to work with, all the things. Why that makes sense? Because you know, it would free you up to focus on the 80% of your really great clients who contribute to your fun, fulfilling, profitable work. The stuff that you're like, oh, this really lights me up. I know what I'm doing. I'm so good at this. It's great. My clients love me. This is the life but you drag your feet in doing the culling because what if they're offended or yell at you or say mean things or worse? What if you can't replace that cash that those clients were contributing to your business? That can be a very real fear. And lots of people let that fear drive their decisions for years. However, what most people find is that when they do take the actions to say call that bottom 20%, They really are like, oh, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, all the doors opened. All these people are flooding in now that I'm like available for this better work. Here it is ready for me. And sometimes that sounds kind of woo woo and crazy and out there, but I have seen it consistently happen. So I kind of believe in it. Another place where mindset trips up execution is in sales. While you know that accounting and financial advice are very useful and valuable, you likely also have some thoughts that make you feel like you can only charge so much or that people don't want to spend money on your service and they dread working with you, talking to you or paying you. Or at least your thoughts are probably somewhere in that range of things. And I see this a lot with accounting and finance folks. I definitely thought these things when I was an accountant and having to talk to clients and potential clients about these things. And if your thoughts aren't all these unproductive money, price, and value things, maybe it's stuff about how your work is so boring. Your clients don't care what you do. They aren't excited. They don't really value things. This is just a requirement. It's not that useful to them. The problem is when any of these kinds of thoughts are running through your brain, you don't feel confident, valuable, and interesting. And that shows up in how you do your actions. It also shows up in your body language, your tone of voice, and so many intangible ways. You can have the perfect sales script, execute it beautifully with no errors in your words, but still turn people away and invoke lots of pushback on price or requests for tons of extras or concessions when those kinds of thoughts are in your head. Because then people are feeling that same doubt and lack of confidence that you're feeling. They're like, I don't know how to describe it, but I just got this weird vibe from her. I don't know. Maybe I don't really want it. I don't know. Why are we paying more for this? Why why don't I just hire this guy down the street that I only have to pay a hundred bucks or something ridiculous, right? So your job is to find those thoughts, work through them and practice thinking new things. Or if you aren't really into that level of mindset work, you can also change what you're offering so it's easy to have great thoughts about it. The point is, you need to be aware of what is running through your brain when you're talking sales, renewals, networking, and anything that builds your business and increases your rapport with your clients and future clients or referrals. Honestly, I could talk about this for days on end. I know I didn't believe this when I first heard it, but I have spent the last four years seeing nothing but continual evidence of how your mindset impacts your results in practice. Your thoughts really do create your results. It's that whole, if you can think it, you can create it. And if you are thinking things that you aren't fully aware of, you're also creating those things. So they're getting in the way of creating results that you think you want. As in, your unidentified, unmanaged thoughts are creating the results that you don't like. If you want different results next year, definitely get your vision and strategy in place. But also make time to understand where your brain is now and where you need to take your brain so it will support you as you follow through on your plan all next year. This work does not have to be all pie in the sky, crazy high level mindset stuff. A lot of it really is like what comes up when I go to execute my plan during a week, like each day, like, oh, all my emails come up. People have emergencies. New deadlines come in. My employees got sick. All sorts of things happen and your brain gets distracted and challenges your plan and makes you go off path. That is why it is so important to know and be able to find what's going on in your brain and why so many people excel when they work with a coach on a regular basis because you have someone to help you see what you can't see. If you want someone to walk you through this, help you see where your brain is getting in the way, and then also manage your brain to be a willing participant in the plan that you've created, I invite you to schedule a free assessment call with me. I will help you get clear on what's not working currently, why what you've tried in the past didn't work out, and what you can do differently next year. I help business owners do this every day, and I can't wait to help you as well. So go out there, look at your plan, and really get your brain straight. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemechek.com.